Light it. Yeah! Hey, we're back. Yeah, look at that. We did another one. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's... Wait, that's later. That was a little early. It might be Christmas. It may not be Christmas. You know how we do it. Happy, um... Is Hanukkah around the corner? It's always around here somewhere. Hanukkah. He's always running out with the hooligans. <laughs> it's always out there somewhere, kicking it around with that Kwanzaa boy and <laughs> Saint Nick. Who are you calling boy? No, oh, God. <laughs> and old Krampus. Old Krampus. Old Krampus is bad influence in all of them. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, so um, we just got done digesting the... Um, Turkey epidose, and we have a new uh, epidose to help you digest um, this week, and it is our it is sandwiched right in between um, our wonderful turkey epidose with the the glorious um, what a uh, blood, blood freak, freak. And, uh, and we'll have <laughs> we'll. We'll have some something even as glorious for the Christmas epidose. And I heard, I heard there might be a couple of uh, Krampus miracles uh, brewing um, from areas uh, of the world, like say where Kwanzaa is celebrating and and millionaires live and things yeah, of that nature. Exactly. So who knows what happens? But um, yeah. We, You'll have to listen to the uh, the special epidose. Very, it's a very special epidose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but we're back. We're back, and we're strong. Um, and we we got a, a real good ditty for you this time. Um, yeah. it, it was a, it, it was a good one. It was a real good one. So uh, it was it was my turn to pick, and uh, I. Uh, since uh, you know the holiday season, I was busy, you know, chopping down some deals uh, for Christmas and, and things like that. I didn't have a time to really put out a boat or anything like that. So I dipped into the old queue, and uh, this little ditty I found uh, was something A that was on Netflix, B it was relatively new, and C um, it was right in our wheelhouse. And it was something I was looking for after I watched. Uh, I forgot what the last Netflix movie we did, but uh, um, it's been a while since we did. So anyway, I, I I tucked it in the old billfold, the old uh, uh, binders full of movies that I had laying around, um, and I decided to whip this one out, and it is uh, Axe Giant: The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. <laughs> It's not actually part of the title, but we're putting it in. Uh, so, yes. Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Obviously, American folklore legend Paul Bunyan was a terrifying figure. I mean, wait. He wasn't. Uh, but, murdering spree, jealous, all that other stuff. Um, but, um... Yeah, no, um, so this, this was, um... This is another movie in one of those long lines of movies that are like... Let's take a folklore hero and and make it a horror movie. Uh, even the byline, even uh, the byline of this movie is this tall tale is killer. So, 
But um, I saw I, I saw it. It was obviously a tall dude with a giant axe, uh, and it looked like a horror movie. And um, most importantly, it had uh, Joe Estevez and Dan Grizzly Adams Haggerty uh, in it. And uh, and I was like, it was too good. I couldn't pass it up. So, yeah, Tall Tales. I you know I wonder how many other movies are like Tall Tales. Um, that uh, that turned into like horror stuff. I mean, there's a Ginger Dead Man, um, uh, the Leprechaun, uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, it it uh, seems pretty like pretty good fodder for um, for like. Just, oh, they did that one move that real the uh, cheese dicky Red Riding Hood movie. Oh yeah, uh, right. But did, did any of them had really bad CGI? Uh, I don't know. They probably did. But this one had terrible CGI. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me just see what this. I'm just looking for something here to kind of get us rolling. This might work, provided they didn't stick an ad in front of it. Oh, they did. Um, whoa, watch out. Let me just take care of that. I don't even know where that's coming from. I'll to tell you the truth. singing groups don't sing like that anymore. <laughs> you know? Ho-ha, but now it's all... <laughs> now it, now it's all like whistles. Prince and stuff, and it's all like... It's all... It's all... Yeah, it's all high-pitched and backed by whistles. Yeah. Silliness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, um... So we're going over to see various movies that were also turned into horror movies. Oh, and the bad CGI. CGI was pretty terrible. Well, it was like uh, the CGI was bad. It was close, but it was um, close to Tim and Eric bad. <laughs> uh, that said, I got more out of this movie than I thought. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I did too, and I went in with high expectations as well. I went in with low expectations because it it did the classic. Our poster slash cover art is going to be way better than the movie <laughs> that's behind it, <laughs> which I have been fooled all too many times. Usually on ten pack movies, like um, it, I was given a ten pack zombie movie, and it uh, had a lot of the cover art of the, the films, all of which was very impressive. 
and then you get in there and it's like uh i would say gopro level but it's not that clear <laughs> it's more like um handy cam circa 19 uh whenever the handy cam came out yeah. and uh yeah. there was varying quality on that set but you can't judge a movie by its cover art um anyway uh this one i saw the cover art and immediately thought this is going to be bad <laughs> it's going to stink it's gonna suck. No, it's it's gonna suck. Gonna suck. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's gonna suck. Uh, and uh, you know, so it, and I, and to a certain extent, it did in some ways, but in other ways, it was quite entertaining. So. So yeah, and um, but, man, it didn't have a catchy song like we just heard, but you know, the last song, the last back. song I thought was pretty fitting. I take it back. I take it back. They did have somebody record like a new folk song for this Paul Bunyan. Yeah, it wasn't. Again, it was more of a heavy breathing, raspy kind of singing, not like a guttural man. No, it was, it was like a, a, a kind of a Ovid Brothers folk song. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. By Hickory oh. Hank. By all people. So. Oh man. Hickory Hank. H i c k apostrophe r y. Hickory. Hickory Hank. Um, but uh, let's see, how's this baby? I'm trying to. I just watched this literally like in the last few hours. Oh, well, uh, I watched it last night, and baby. I have notes. Oh, there you go. And I can jump in on those. I can tell you this. Um, uh, well, before you get in the plot, they killed people more indiscriminately than I thought, which is a plus. Um, to a point, and then uh, they killed people early, which was another plus. <laughs> they made a poop joke in like the first two seconds. Yeah. Which, which we'll get to that, but um, I, that immediately like softened my cynical mind <laughs> of watching it. I was like, "All right, <laughs> all right, I like this. Good, good job." Um, uh, we'll get to the summary points. All right, let's just jump in. All right, so um, it was a flashback at first, wasn't it? The, they started in the 1800s, and a bunch of people who were supposed to be lumberjacks in the 1800s who did not look like lumberjacks in the 1800s. Uh, more but, like lumberjack in the 1800s if North Face had a company back in the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, they might have been. Maybe they were. They were cutting edge for the eighteen hundreds, and their clothes just were. Really, <laughs> They're ahead of the time. Really, fast. that's why they had to die. They were, well, I, I did see the subtitle at the bottom. It said "Fashion Forward Lumberjacks of the eighteen hundreds." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, they, anyway, they're out there, you know, walking back from chopping down trees and you know, uh, playing a little grab ass and you know, busting balls and stuff. And they got a leader. And I believe that leader was formerly Grizzly Adams. That's right. That's what I was excited about. Although, I've never seen Grizzly Adams. I just know the joke from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I think I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Lee Trevino saying, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Oh. Well, but, I really uh, don't know early. Have you ever seen Grizzly Adams? No, but he was he had his he had his time. He had his fifteen minutes in the sun and now he's making the axe giant. The life and time of Grizzly Adams. Yeah. Independent feature filmed. 
Uh, and then it made a uh, TV movie. It made a TV. Um, no, I mean, I think it it might be on our scope of popular reference in our lifetime. It was just before us. Yeah. Um, it may not be for some of our listeners. Um, but wow, yeah, they made they, 37 episodes. Of Grizzly Adams? Yeah. You could... You didn't have to have a long run back then because TV just wasn't on that much. Is it unaired? Wow. The capture of Grizzly Adams. So was he like a right-wing nut job? No, he was wrongly accused of murder. Oh, all right. And he had a bear. I know he had a bear. But, um... Yeah. So you got you have a... Uh, frontiersman being a... Uh, play, who played a frontiersman... Although in this in this version, um, whoever kicked on his makeup needs to be punched in the face. <laughs> um, they, I have a question that comes up in the very first part of this movie. So they're they're humping it back to camp, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're outside. It's in the woods. It's snowing. It's obviously real snow on the outside, which is fine. Good good for that location shooting, um, but. Um, and I guess it's after he goes off into the woods. They're cooking. They're cooking something over the fire, and it's a big hunk of meat. Uh-huh. And if you know, if you know the legend of Paul Bunyan, uh, and you can put two and two together, you're pretty sure they're cooking babe. They don't box. say it though. They do not tell you that. But it's a big. It's like what the hell did they catch? So in- so you so that that gets answered later on. That does get answered. But the, it, there's a big hunk of meat they're cooking, and the guy's back, and they're like, "All right, let's eat." And the other guy's like, well, I gotta go. Grizzly Adams is like, well, boys, I gotta go off into the woods. And... and I got a log jam to take care of. <laughs> he didn't say that. Thing. Oh, he's yeah. one of his, one of the kids like, what, do you got another log jam to take care of? And they're like, he's like, Ugh. and he puts the axe in the tree and goes off into the woods to, to crap. Because um, that kid was oh, crap. And then the cook guy says, he's a great big bear of a man, boss. But Boss sure Real. has an itty bitty bowels of a squirrel. <laughs> has the bowels of a squirrel, which is awesome. Um, so he goes off taking shit again. It was his third, and they made a point of saying it was his third time that day. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had days like that, and God knows what those guys are eating out there. Um, what they're pushing out. Well, and uh, they they'll circle back to why they had that big old ox on there. But if you're eating a big chunk of meat, there's gonna be troubles. Uh, so they're there, and the guy's like, "I was ready." And so they send goofy guy who told he was making crap jokes. He goes to ring the dinner triangle, and well, this is where my first question came in. They CGI'd the background of the dinner triangle. Oh yeah, and it's something you get to get used to for the whole movie. Well, and I just thought. Of all the things you need to CGI the background on, you couldn't just hang a dinner triangle out in that cabin that they were standing in front of? Yeah. It would have worked. I mean, if you want to get right down to it, that shouldn't have... I mean, a triangle, it's not like that's a big... Co- I mean, I have a, I have a fancy-ass slide whistle, and it costs 10 bucks. <laughs> I can't imagine a triangle runs much more than that. It's just a piece of metal. So, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, so he rings the dinner bell CGI style. And anyway, uh, Grizzly's out in the woods, you know, dropping some logs. <laughs> and he, does he just he just wanders back. Yeah, I remember. He just kind of wanders back in, satisfied, and he finds the entire camp of men just slaughtered to pieces, uh, blood everywhere. 
and uh, so he's like nosing around, and then this crazy, not overly large man just spins around from behind babe or the, well the, the meat from the meat, and is like Wah! yeah, and it's what looks like just like a standard fair plaid like. Well, not plaid, but a uh, flannel, like, top plaid, but his face is all messed up, and he's all like, meh! Wait a second. Here we go. Let's have a little taste of it. Just a taste. <laughs> he's seeing the bodies. You know what you need to put on your list is a John Hart. Ooh, I do need to get one of those. I got one of those from the St. Louis, uh, the bridge, the, uh, the arch. Yeah, I Yeah, and you get to you get to hear that. I might as well fit, see this through here. He's by a big saw blade. Yeah, yeah big old little saw blade. And... Anyway, uh, he put his head in there and split him in pieces. Um, oh yeah. And so began the CGI. So. Yeah, and um, pretty much. And, and yeah. then um, you get, um, you know, one of the things that um, you notice a lot in this movie is just the CGI, but also you get to notice, like. Um, that kind of head-splitting action for an axe movie. There's a lot of there's a lot of straight down the middle head splits, <laughs> which well, it is Paul Bunyan. So. Yeah, that's the thing that I enjoyed thoroughly about it. Somebody can swing an axe straight. I'm gonna have to go with Paul Bunyan. <laughs> so this is my my take on it. So yeah, so. Um, so he's dead, and then all of a sudden it's like fast forward. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to point out, um, and I don't know if you caught it, um, but while uh, Grizzly Adams was struggling there, did you notice that he was a sporting like a big old gold watch on his wrist? <laughs> yes. I was like, what? Why does Grizzly Adams need a gold gold watch in the old Western times? <laughs> Oh, well, they weren't real keen on keeping it um, period correct, like a Mad Men or anything. They didn't even really try, let's be honest. But, um, so you have, they then flash forward to the, the woods in today's time. And um, 
Let's see here. Um, play flash forward. There is they go. To, you end up where there is a camp for not a camp. I guess it's a camp. A little Department of Corrections building up in the mountains for wayward youths. And uh, there's a softy counselor woman and a hard-assed boot camp instructor guy um, and a bunch of uh, uh, ne'er-do-well teens, although I would question their age. Yeah, they even address it. They're like, they're not all in their teens. They're not all in their teens. And on top of that, they... uh, they did a nice job of Captain Planet, Captain Planet Dean. Yeah, they're they're very diverse. Uh, they were very diverse. You could not flag this movie for not being um, diverse in its hiring. Uh, they kind of went one each. So you had a, a white guy, a white gal. Um, you had a black guy. You didn't have a black gal, um, and you had a, and I believe a Hispanic girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they? They did not have an Asian person. No, like, so they were. They made they Captain Planet sad in that one. Yeah, they weren't quite a Captain Planet. They might have been like more of a Power Ranger level um, diversity range. Anyway, so these kids are all um, all in. Apparently, were all sentenced to jail for fairly some trivial crimes, some less trivial, um, and then. One of them is also happens to be the local sheriff's daughter who. Yeah, but we don't know about. Did we know about that at the beginning though, where he dropped the daughter off? Um, we didn't know she was the sheriff's daughter till later. Yeah, and and that's the thing that is kind of. There are some things that kind of. I kind of hate the movie for because it was kind. It felt like a cop out. Um, Well, well, there's that, and then. There's a couple. We'll, I'm sure I guess we'll jump in there. So they have the ne'er do well teens lined up, and the guys. All, all I'm saying is that in the future, pay really close to what happens at the very beginning because it it comes around and it's kind of. Yeah. I was just like, um, oh. <laughs> so um, ne'er do well teens are standing there. This truck pulls up. A girl gets out with her dad, and he's like, "Here's my daughter," and they're like fall in line the guy makes them all come out to their crime and he announces it to everybody and the counselor's like that's not nice <laughs> and he's like shut up and we do things my way and we're gonna go up in the big bad woods blah 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 so they're gonna take him like on a wilderness thing and he's gonna march him around they're gonna come back good citizens you got a drug you got a drug dealer um you have a well, I don't know what the Hispanic girl did. What did she do? She didn't testify against somebody? Yeah. That was kind of weak. Um, they had a girl who assaulted an officer, and um, the black kid was a hacker, and he stole $11 million from some government agency. And, But, like, they listed his crime as, like, gr- like gr- major robbery or something to make it sound worse. And so he gave them all nicknames, and uh, the girl that got dropped by her dad was had a DUI, and he was calling her Happy Hour. He had all these stupid nicknames for him. Yeah, he got annoying really quick. So he loads him up. He did his part over the top of it, and he loads him into it. They're like the counselor. There's like I'm here to help everybody talk, and he's like, Shut up! We don't do that here. And so they haul him all off, load him in the van. Take him up into the upper mountains from wherever they were, and 
they get up there and he's like, hey, here's this cabin. They're like, oh, that cabin's gross. We're not staying there. And instead he's like, no, you guys get tents. And he makes them all, like, he gives them tents. And then the ladies with him, who they kind of put some, I mean, she was trying to, like, act it as, like, romantic tension, I think. And she's yeah, like, oh. It's like, say. I'm like, she's like, he gives her, he hands her like this tent. And she's like, oh, I'm not sharing a tent with you. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not, that's your tent. He goes, I'm staying in the cabin. I kind of like that. Um, so he like, he goes, he's like, I don't sleep outside. That's for these. Uh, what's he, he calls them stumps. Yes, it is. Stupid teenagers under my protection. Yes. <laughs> Which but, is pretty you know cool. I gotta admit. <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe that really exists somewhere. There's probably some guy with that thing because no, the guy overdoes the part a little bit, but I've known guys like him. And they would come up with an acronym like that. Um, I had a, I took gymnastics for a while as a kid. And yes, I took gymnastics. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> That was before my slag whistling days. Um, <laughs> Did it lead into your slag whistling days? <laughs> uh, one of these shows, I'm just going to do the entire show in full, just in slide whistle. It'll be like a part 2D2. Anyway, uh, I took gymnastics, and we I had some nice gymnastics instructors, and it was fine. And then I moved up a class, and we got this guy with a buzz cut. And he kind of reminded me of Mr. Buzzcut from Beavis and Butthead. But um, he looked like that. He's a younger guy, but he, he's like, everybody's going to call me Mr. PTA. And that stands for pain, torture, and agony. And then he proceeded to like put you through the paces. And I'd been like working with some, I think the class before that, I was with some nice you know gymnast girl. He's like, all right, everybody, yay. And... Uh, then we get to this guy and he's like, do the uneven bars. I'm like, I haven't done those, Mr. PGA. And he's like, that doesn't matter. Just do it. And then like, I swung around the bar and I flew off and I totally whiffed on the second bar and I just landed flat on my back and knocked all the air out of me. I was like, <gasps> he's like, get up, do it again. And I was like, I didn't realize I joined the military when I was eight. Uh, I've had like, I've had guys like that on the football. I've had coaches was, like that. So I was gonna say you pl- you played sports. You played competitive sports. Yeah, I played. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it's football, so that's a real sport. I did. I played my the sport I excelled at the most was volleyball. Hey, you know what though? Every, hey, that's why there's so many different sports. Had somebody's good at some sport. So. That's apparently where it was because uh, basketball was my thing. I scored a basket for the other team. Um, I really did, and. Uh, I wonder why no one was trying to guard me while I was juggling down the court. I was going the wrong way. Uh, I was good at volleyball. Um, I wasn't good at soccer. wasn't good at much else. Uh, the only time I got on base in baseball is when I leaned in to get hit in the head. Oh, man. Which I did. Uh, uh, I, just I, I played one. left out. <laughs> I played right field, but I wasn't very good at it. I also played catcher, and I never caught a ball. It's not good. Um... Uh, Anyway, uh, those guys exist if you've played sports or you've gone to gymnastics or some other uh, thing. But uh, so he has a shitty nickname. Stumps is great. I like the Stumps bit. That was that, a good that, um, that I'm I am going to wait to use that. 
<laughs> but um, so he calls them stumps, and they get in their tents, and they're doing a little campfire therapy session. And a goofy counselor ladies like, oh, tell. They basically all just say their crimes again, um, which doesn't really help anything. I guess it's just to remind you what happened. They give you a little more detail about their stuff. Um, the bad boy white kid, uh, he's like, yeah, I sold stuff in the streets. And she's like, well, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently? He's like, I'd invest in Google, which will look horribly out of date in a few years. Yeah, it will. But um, so anyway, uh, Mr. PTA or, you know, Captain Dickwad comes out. He's like, up oh, 5 a.m. is going to come pretty quick in the morning. And like, it's like fires out. Well, wait, and he just he missed uh, the Joe Estevez shows up out of nowhere. That about I, I want to call him Cookie, even though that's not his name. Is me. So, like Joe Estevez, if those of you don't know, is the father of Charlie Sheen. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. He's the uncle of Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Yeah, he is Martin Sheen's brother, and he looks a lot like Martin Sheen. Yeah, it kind of sounds like him. Um, he looks he looks like a Sheen, and he sounds like a Sheen. So, so. the uh, and he's in lots of shitty movies. Yeah, lots shitty movies and he's been in shitty to his credit he's been in shitty movies for a long time wasn't he in Hard Ticket to Hawaii I think he was in Hard Ticket to Hawaii he's been in bad movies since the 80s for sure um, and this movie is 2013 the guy's still working he's getting more work than Martin Sheen yeah, so. that's true although uh, Martin Sheen we still gotta see that one movie that he's in that, that trailer we saw for uh, in front of um Oh, God, and Martin Sheen made some clunkers, too. Um, yeah. I don't know what that was, but I'm going to have to go back and figure out what that... I'm going to have to go back and listen to our dose and figure out what that movie is, because I'm going to have to see that. The Silence of the Lambs knockoff movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, that one, that, that'll be a forthcoming dose, so you don't have to worry about that. Anyway, that's Joe Est- There's Joe Estevez. He, he's shown up in another movie we've done on here. Um, I just don't remember which one it was, because we watched a lot of them. Uh, anyway... He is Meeks, the crazy mountain man. Yeah, and we get a peek of him when the kids roll into camp, right? And he's watching them from the bushes like a pervert. Yeah, like a, like a good old pervert. Like a good old mountain pervert. You know how those work. Now let me see if I can get you a little taste of old Meekies. And somewhere in there before the campfire, you see a bear go up to eat a deer, mm-hmm. and something kills it. You know, to build suspense. Yeah, yeah. something really big. Okay, and then Miki comes out from behind the tree at the campfire and, and eats their marshmallows. Yes, he does. Yes. He does. And he's like licking his beard. Like, <laughs> Hang on, let's see here. Here he comes. Here comes Miki. Shouldn't be here. No one thinks it should be here. Hey, I'm glad you're all here. We all have things we can me, decide. Me, 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 me. Stuff we don't want to share. Me, 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 me. By the time we're finished. I'm hoping we've all grown into something bigger than ourselves. Trees grow tall, and then the trees fall. But the river, the river only goes one way. Sir, this is a private meeting. Hey, I, hey there, he snatched your marshmallows. On. Is he part of the program? Somebody go out of the cam. I think we just found Bigfoot. God damn it, Stumps, what in the name of Sweet Lorraine is going on out here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that there because that's a good spot. Oh, that guy was like that the whole time. That's basically his whole deal. I'm kind of glad they uh, killed him when they did the movie. And I have a problem with that in general. Um, 
it's probably a stupid problem considering the the level of this movie, but it, it, it bothered me nonetheless. All right, so there you go. There's Meeks. He's a kooky mountain man. They run him off into the brush, and they he stops at the you know Captain Killjoy stomps out the fire, tells him all to go to bed, and then it leads into something I was not suspecting in this film. Um, the one of the bad campers is a trashy girl. They make that abundantly clear in the first parts of the movie. Um, and because the cop she hit was staring at her ass, apparently. And uh, so the trashy girl then sneaks into the bad boy's tent and just starts humping him. Uh, well, it's gonna hump him, I should say. And there's nudity, and then yeah, she... good to stay. Stay. Thank you for staying within that that classic horror movie trope. I, of... I give them I give them points because they they a lot of these uh, lower budget. Uh, kind of B, C, D, E, Z level movies um, just don't go that, don't try to, I don't know, hold to the own of that genre sometimes. And, um, you know, it might be their actors, friends, and family. And I can understand why they can't get somebody to uh, do a nude scene per se. Um, but apparently this girl did. Um, and it kind of fit the horror movie genre. There's this girl, and they want to make sure you know she's kind of trapped. And the counselor is the buzzkill on that. She says, Ken, she's like, hey, get out. If you do it again, I have to say you failed the course, and then I guess they have to go to jail. So they don't really touch on that a whole lot. Um, the other thing at the campfire thing, and this is, I, forget, I almost skipped over this. So the one girl who came in late, who's the drunk driver, Yeah. she's talking about how she got in the accident. It didn't make sense to me. She said, the car in front of me ran the light, and I couldn't stop in time. And they were both happened to be drunk. And they both happened. He, the person that she hit happened to be really, 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 really drunk. She was just slight, lightly buzzed, and she said nobody could have stopped. I just don't understand the logistics of her accident. She said the car in front of me ran the light, and I didn't have time to stop. Yeah. If the in front of you ran the light. You're not in lieu if that means the car in front of you is going faster and you're not going to hit it. So I'm guessing she meant the car that crossed in front of me ran the light and I didn't have time to stop. But in, and then I thought, well, if the car in front of her ran the light and she hit it, it wouldn't be her fault. But I guess if they tested her blood alcohol, and I, I'm getting too technical in this movie, but it, it made me. <laughs> I thought about it while they were yammering on in some other scenes. Anyway, uh, she got sent there. Beside the point, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they wanted you to know she's not really that bad. She had a couple beers. She was going home, and she wrecked a car in any fashion anyone would wreck a car. And she actually kept the drunk driver from hurting other people. So, hmm. Anywho, um, they, they want to establish her as kind of a good kid. So, um, They go in the tent. There's you know, naked shenanigans. The counselor puts the kibosh on that. Um <clears throat> Uh, I'm trying to remember what they nicknamed the black kid. Uh, Chicken uh, Little. Chicken Little, because he had big glasses. He's kind of a nerd. Um, and so they get up the next day, and he, they make him they make him freaking hike. I hate the guy for that. It's like, one, he woke him up early. Two, made him hike. I'm like, let's get this guy cut up. Uh, this is the problem I have in a lot of horror movies. Is like If they make someone too obviously a jerk, I start rooting for the, <laughs> the killer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, you're gonna have to die. I'm sorry, but uh, but they go running around and it's all like, 
we're different people for different reasons for being here, and we're culturally diverse. And but they kind of fall in line. They go on their march. Uh, the the whiny council lady makes the guy leave his gun back at the cabin. Foreshadowing. Well, I mean, it's just like um, think about it. And and the and the people who are trying to help them are, are left brain, right brain people, right? Where one's like, let's talk about our feelings and stuff, and the other one's like, let's march and physical do. We're gonna force our way through it, and you're gonna be stumps, and there'll be mighty trees, and I'm gonna run you till you sweat and puke, and yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. You're say wakes them up, yada yada. Um, they're marching around the woods. Um, eventually they stop for lunch. You get a little more kooky, Martin Sheen running around. Yeah, he plays chess in the most wrong way ever. It, he plays chess in completely wrong and then says, like, you're moved to nobody in particular and then runs around and hoots and hollers and stuff. Uh, and I do mean hoots and hollers. Um, almost literally. Uh, he hoots. And meanwhile, Bad Boy decides he's going to hoof it back and get away from the camp for no real reason. And so uh, Chicken Little goes to stop him and they come upon this rocky mount and they find this skull with these giant horns on it. Um, you know, possibly the same uh, the, from a head of a creature that might have been big enough to be on the spit at the beginning of the movie. Um, but he yanks, like, the outer casing of the horn off of the bone. He's like, I'm going to take this as a souvenir. And uh, so they go ahead and take that. And he heads back. And um, he's like, I'm going to make a bong out of it. And the one girl's... Oh, and I shouldn't add the um, the Hispanic girl has a child. She revealed in the session, and she's trying to like she's the only one who's like really focused on doing the things so she can get out and go back and get her kid back. Yeah. Um, Thornbush. So her name was Thornbush. Make, was it Thornbush? Yeah. yeah. And so the crabby cap, the crabby drill sergeant guy, kind of liked her because she would just fall in line, do what she was supposed to do, and. Um, so she's like, you can't make a bong out of that. You shouldn't do that. That's not good. Something died. And they argue about what a cow is. And it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, meanwhile, you see the sheriff go to a little Paul Bunyan bar. And he gets out of the car. Oh, my God. Now, before he gets into the car, uh, the whole bar was super CGI'd up. That drove me nuts. Right. It was like, you could tell it wasn't Paul Bunyan's axe. It wasn't like the axe bar or whatever the hell the name was. And there wasn't a giant Paul Bunyan guy in front of it. That was all just CGI stuff, and that drove me nuts. And there's a lumberjack saloon, uh-huh. and then he got in, and he's talking to the bartender who really must have been somebody new because he couldn't act that well. But it's all right. I'll forgive it. And uh, he's asking about the second chances camp and the the bar's owner's daughter comes out and she's like giving him shit for being drinking on the job and a bunch of stuff and she's like oh my niece went there and straightened her out and then the guy she leaves and the guy's like yeah somebody died up there last year the guy worked him to death and it was obviously somebody's dad that was actually in this movie yeah and so she's like no the kid got heat stroke and they're fine don't worry about it your daughter will be fine Anyway, so you know now know that the good girl is the sheriff's daughter. So, um, and I think that's it. And so he just he farts along his way. Um, you can tell they for whatever reason they toss in a thing where the daughter is like, "Hey, you should come back to the bar later and get a free drink." 
And he's like, that wouldn't be good for business. <laughs> anyway, uh, meanwhile, you see a big creature who you can, at this point, presume to be Paul Bunyan. We haven't quite quite, quite, quite that bridge. Uh, he f- discovers that a horn is missing via wrestling pantomime and uh, becomes distraught and starts bellowing at the top of the mountain. And everybody thinks it's a wild cat for some reason and uh might as well say martin sheen joe sheen hears it <laughs> or joe estimates hears it and he's like whoa and he gets his gun and he starts running around and uh <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile paul bunyan just sneaks up on the campers and uh as they get closer to the cabin they start walking like normal and trashy girl's cell phone starts working yeah which is awesome because again, this trope: first to have sex, first to die. And they're following that rule. She's checking messages, and as like people today, she's trapped in her phone. And which is 2013. It's not that old. Uh, she's trapped in her phone, like she should be. And so, giant Paul Bunyan comes up and just splits her right in half. And another head split, like this time with just head- an axe. Now, keep in mind, it, it wasn't the same. Um, it wasn't the same, like, uh, sized, but it was the large bunion. It was, like, super giant one. It's, the, it's your, like, okay, so before, in the 1800s, he was kind of just, like, a big guy. Mm-hmm. And just a form. And, 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 now, and he was really good at cutting trees down. He was really good at cutting trees, but he wasn't, like, what you would think of Paul Bunyan, giant guy. Now, he's this giant, with no explanation at this point, and he's got a huge axe, and he just hauls off and hawks this woman in half. And um, so she's dead. Uh, I would hope she was dead after that. Um, and meanwhile, you have a lot of people running from nothing and then separate shots of the monster. Um, Bad and, monster. And then, monster. and then at some point he catches up to um, the goofy counselor lady and the hard ass and he hacks the hard ass right in half. Yeah, which he, was actually to me like a surprise. I wasn't thinking he'd get killed that quickly. Um, he gets cut right in half, and then of course he's alive for like ten more minutes after that. Yeah, because you know when you get cut in half that you live for that long and can talk. And so he knocks him like clean in half and really far apart from both halves. And meanwhile, he's can, he's well enough to like turn over his upper torso and be like, "Go, I'll I'll yell at him some while I'm cut in half." And uh, so they run off to the cabin, and he meanwhile is yelling at his face, and he gets squished by his foot. While Paul Bunyan's like, murr, 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 murr. "Let me see if I can." Uh, yeah, this is a good spot. Let me just uh, just click up there. There's right. There we go. And how about this? Let's see if it'll go. Get down, get down, get down, get down! Wait for the squish. Oh, 
Anyway, um, you heard the grunting and moaning. And keep in mind, when he said all that, he was cut in half. So, should be noted. Duly noted. (laughs) Noted. Uh, They go back to the cabin. Uh, Somewhere in there, he knocked the... um, He knocked... What's her name? Uh, Thornbush. She not he knocks Thornbush like into like like a huge tree, and like a tree branch, and she gets a cut on her side, and they they're hauling her back, and she's bleeding, and uh, Captain Badass and uh, Chicken Little and Thornbush make it back. They all make it back minus uh, the Trampy Girl and the Hard Ass. Yeah. And they decide, they go back to the cabin, and they're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, I guess we could just take the van that's parked outside. Oh, I liked how, like, the lady, like, they, she, you know those really cheap latches that you could put on, like, fences and stuff? Oh, yeah, the door latches, it's an eye hook latch. Yeah, and I'm like, eye- wow, man, I'm glad you locked that, because that's really going to keep her, keep, keep a 20-foot-tall axe-wielding monster out of your fucking weak-ass-looking cabin. The hook that your grandparents would have on their screen door. <laughs> Good job. Way to close it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, they, she's like, okay, what are we going to do? And she's like, they make a point. She hooks the little hook. It's like, she might be able to break it off just locking it. Um, so uh, they're like, what are we going to do? Let's go take the van. Oh, the keys were in the guy who got squished pocket. Um, so she goes and digs the gun and out. And even though, um, like, I, did he volunteer... Or or did everyone just assume that the black guy was the one that could hotwire the van? No, no, no. They weren't that. They weren't that outwardly racist. Good, because uh, I was gonna say, it's like he's the computer hacker guy. How can he be the one that knows how to do it? Unless he like read the anarchist cookbook. But that's like so late nineties. It's like, <laughs> but one, you know, it's like one uh, skill with electronics does not necessarily translate to automobiles. Oh, and, um, and happy he failed because of that, too. And so, basically, for a minute, I thought the same thing you did. The kid, they they sent the... <laughs> Chicken Little goes out the hot wire of the car. I'm like, of course they have the black kid do it. Um, but then it's like, wait, he's a hacker. You know, it's not like he's a street, a street thug or somebody who steals cars or anything like that. But he volunteered to do it. So he obviously thought he could pull it off. I think he's supposed to be kind of somewhat of a genius. Mm-hmm figure stuff out and so he's like yeah i can do it, i can do it and so they go out there meanwhile they're apparently just terrible about hearing the giant 20 foot thing that thuds every time it takes a step um because like they go out there and then every time it approaches you hear the thunk 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 it's like you know if you don't hear the thunk thunk he ain't sneaking up on you yeah so they go they out. play around with that though yeah, and sometimes they think he sneak. He does. Sneak. I guess. Anyways, I guess the whole thing is that he he what blends in with the uh, environment. Yeah, he like because he's like his about as his skin is as green as the trees yeah. and brown. Yeah, I'll buy it. But um, I'm trying, man. <laughs> so the kid goes out there and he starts filling with the car, and he's obviously doing it wrong. Um, and he can't get. It. He's like, no, I can get it. And there, then here comes Paul Bunyan, and they're like, no. You're going inside. And um, meanwhile, they're like, well, we can. Uh, he hauls the van off, which I, I love that part. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this. And so he hauls the van off, and they never did show what happened to the van. 
Van just unceremoniously gets drugged off by Paul Bunyan. And then they show him go back to his cave and, like, lick the blood off his axe. Well, he was like, he ends up cleaning it, though. He's cleaning it. He's not, like, a sadistic. He's, we'll come to learn, he's more of a man child. Um, but he's yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna clean it. He has a little rock, he has a little rock uh, recliner that he sits in. And, uh, not rocking recliner, an actual rock recliner. <laughs> and then they do this weird thing where the good girl is helping the bad boy and he's like squeezing this knife because he's scared and his hand's all cut up. And she like wraps his hand, they share a little tender moment. And it's like, well, they built up a lot of little romantic tensions and did nothing with them. Well, no, I think, I think they just wanted to do that just to build up something really quick and cheap just to have more impact on the next death scene because what happens next well first and i i know his name's meeks but i want to call him cookie oh uh, yeah that's right Co- he shows up cookie shows up and he's like hey let me in there's a big axe wheeling giant out there uh, and so they let him in and he's like oh you guys really pissed him off um what did you do and blah 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 um and then let me give you the entire backstory oh, as to yeah. why he did it. And it's basically like he was <clears> – <throat> these people had a kid. Okay. Yeah, take a, take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, okay, so these people had their kid. They said, oh, well, it's either a blessing or a curse, but this kid is extra big and he's going to grow – three or four times the size of a normal person and he's going to live three or four times the size no, of a normal person. He, he says he's uh, twice as big. That's what he does. Twice as big, but will live three times yeah. as long. Uh, how they knew that in the 1800s, uh, we'll let that slide. Some some, um, some guy named Larch Banyan. <laughs> Banyan, yeah, that's right. Large Banyan, and he's like, and he's making fun of him. He's like, you've heard all those stories about him, his foot's making the Great Lakes, and the dragon his axe made the Grand Canyon. It's the Disney version of Paul Bunyan, and he's like, you guys don't know shit. And so he goes on his little rant, and it takes a long it time. It was pretty long, this. but it gave us more Grizzly Adams, so I was happy about that. So they flash back against the 1800s, and you find out that... Um, <clears throat> the kid was good. The, the kid was good at chopping wood and everything, and um, he was known as a weird kind of mutant kid. And uh, but he chopped wood real well and was really strong. But by the time he was five, he was like six foot five, and so um, nobody understood him. And so of course, he only, his only friend was this weird blue ox, which he, he kind of touched on. Anyways, Babe's a blue ox, and he had this blue ox of his buddy, and. The loggers overlogged in the 1800s, and the food was scarce because all the animals left because there weren't any trees. That's kind of a, the angle I got. I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, anyway, so the food got scarce in the winter, and so they went out to go hunting, and they stumble upon the blue ox wandering in the woods, and it had gotten lost and it had come up the mountain, and they knew it was uh, Bunyan's ox. And they had gotten caught in a bear trap, so it wasn't a hundred percent. Well, and also it was it was about as retarded looking as uh, Paul Bunyan was, but it, with with the one key difference being that it was an entirely CGI ox. It was an entirely CGI blue ox, and so the blue ox is up there. <laughs> I think the, I think they intentionally made it like cross-eyed and drooling too. <laughs> I, I they they did kind of make it cross-eyed and drooling, um, which it's kind of hurt, and actually. I, we could just um, 
they they can explain away the whole poor graphics for that whole sequence just by saying it's all part of a dream and a flashback, so you can't really get a good clear picture of it. Right here, here's a little bit of the ox. Just. <laughs> Bill shot Babe right between the eyes. Killed him deader than a dinosaur. Now we're fired up the grill. We're eating big tonight, buddy. Right, boss? There's this giant gold watch again. Oh, my God. Oh, that drove me babe. crazy. <laughs> Looking for Babe, and he found it. And, of course, it's too late. <laughs> the lawyers had roasted up Babe's carcass, and they were... And then again, <clears throat> they filmed some of this in the woods, obviously, but then they <clears throat> cut to a CGI backdrop of the woods while these guys are eating meat <clears throat> off what appear to be plastic blue plates. <clears throat> I, you know. And they may be, they may, maybe those are China, and I just can't tell, but they look plastic. <clears throat> so uh, they're doing that, and Bunyan sees them. That's why he axed them all. Um, and keep in mind, he's like not that old at this point. And so blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, I, I took this horn and he's like, oh, you desecrated his grave. And he's like, now he's all pissed off, you know. And so uh, hero, uh, not hero boy, bad boy takes the, who took the horn in the first place is like, I'm going to go outside and throw his horn back to him. Be like, here, take this thing. Yeah, he's like, you he's know? fed up. So he's like, here, take it. <laughs> take it and they're like all right and so then uh he's standing there to go back inside and bunny just whips the horn through him so apparently the horn didn't mean that much to him and he just ran this guy through on the horn and then he drags his ass off into the woods i'm a little late for i'm sorry guy <clears throat> meanwhile like, i'm sorry i'm sorry here take and it and like, a little so, late for that <laughs> so he takes him off into the woods and then um joe estevez is like well or cookie as I like to call him. Uh, Cookie says, oh, we know what? He got it. He, that part settled. Let's just wait. He's probably done blowing off steam. You know, we'll make out at first light. And so that all happens. And Cookie's in there making a sandwich after the guy dies. <laughs> they were giving him shit for it, too. too. They're like, why are you making this? He's like, I'm making a sandwich. You got a problem with that? I, I like Cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like, I'm hungry. And he goes, takes I'm a nap. Like, you know, he's like, whatever. You know? He's like, I live in the damn mountains and I have no food. And I live with that thing that just came down and killed everybody. Uh, meanwhile, Bunyan's in there cleaning his axe again. Uh, the sheriff is going to go look up. He's supposed to check out something on the mountain. And they're like, why are you up there anyway? Well, like, oh, and pay nope. attention to what he drives by. I mean, I, for what they were doing, I, I mean, at least they made it like there was no open like loopholes. But I, uh, they could have just, like, just a little bit more could have, like, you know. Because it wasn't that much of a surprise. It's like... They did, I mean, I'll give them this. They did try to foreshadow things for happening. When he was in the bar, the barkeeper was filled with the police radio. He's like, nothing ever happens up here. Oh, I, I missed and that. You didn't catch that? He's at the bar, and he's like, what are you doing with that police scanner? He's like, you get the game on that? And the guy's like, no. He's like... Nothing ever happens up in this small damn town. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, good job. It's, All right. it's still kind of like, but, meh, but okay. But so he uh, drives up there, and 
he stumbles on uh, uh, over the top drill sergeant guy's carcass. Uh, and he's like, oh shit, something happened. So he goes up in like the fire tower and he's radioing that something's happened. And they get it, you hear it coming in at the bar. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Cookie's up there talking to uh, Girly Girl and uh, I mean, Good Girl. Uh, somewhere in here, oh yeah, uh, Bunyan comes back to finish him off, and he gets the he gets. Uh, God damn it, I'm never even, Thornbush. Is that her name Thornbush? Yeah. He gets Thornbush. She picks her up, whips her around, she hits a pine tree, and she's dead. Yeah. Uh, it kind of out of nowhere a little bit, and he's wanking on the ha- wanking. That sounds bad. Wow, <laughs> he's whacking the house with his axe. Yeah, that's a different movie. Um, uh, so uh, he's attacking the house. He he kills Thornbush, and um, at some point, Cookie turns on him. Well, yeah, because they're um, they're like. Uh... They're, they were were they plotting on killing him? No. There is some the sheriff was gonna take some shots at him. The or, sheriff did take some shots at him. He's like, no, 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 you don't shoot him. He's my only friend, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Again, he shot him with darts too. It wasn't like Yeah. He drugged him. And he's like, No, no, you um You're not gonna kill him. Oh blah, god, blah, blah. and the worst ever. It was like Rar and then the daughter was like, Daddy <laughs> It was, yeah. That was the worst ever. When he showed up, and he started drilling Paul Bunyan with the uh, with with the uh, the tranks. <laughs> Daddy. And uh, let's see if we can find that spot here. Okay, it's just right. All right, here we go. It's loading up and. Yes! Kill that motherfucker! You okay, babe? We gotta keep moving. Those tracks won't last long. Let's go. See if we can give her a hand. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Oh, and somewhere in there, I think I went, must have gone past. They killed Cookie. Where did they kill Cookie? Come on! 
time. He's like Groot. They did kind of get annoying after a while. See what I mean? Yeah. Well, he growled. He um, somewhere your cookie turns on. There it is. I just want. I couldn't remember what Cookie's reasoning was for turning on him. Cookie's in. Yeah, let me just turn. I'll turn. I'll just let this run, and I'll turn the sound off for me. Um, so they run to the truck, and Cookie's there at some point waiting for me. He's like, "Where do you think you're going, you, you, you people?" And uh, let's see. There we go. There He's just a boy. There you go. They want to take him away from me, and I can't let him do that. We're getting out of here, old man. Oh, he doesn't want to take him. I away. can't let you go. Drop that rifle, Sheriff. I'm gonna fill him for a buckshot. So anyway, um, he, the chick, uh, chicken little calls his bluff, and he shoots chicken little. Um, he's like, I had to do it. And I didn't want to be separated from Paul Bunyan. Blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, Paul Bunyan wakes up, and I believe he gives him the old. Does he just lomp his head off, or does he throw the axe? Or another? Mar- uh, he Martin throws Sheen. the axe, and his. And I think he throws the axe and takes Joe Joe Estevez's head off. Yeah. And so that's the end of Cookie. Um, or Meeks, or whatever you want to call him. But people, writers for movies like to use call people Meeks for some reason. I don't know why it comes up a lot. Um, I'll tell you here in just a second. He's like being crazy mountain man, and then Paul Bunyan gets up and gives him the old. Let's see if it was the axe throw here or was the old man, man. And he's going to shoot the sheriff. Rarg. And so everybody ducks. And here comes the axe and CGI axe. It kind of looks like Castlevania axe. <laughs> Off goes Joe Estevez's head, and it rolls around the ground and blinks and stuff. Um, there's, and they drive around. The sheriff is uh, shooting from the back of the truck. Um, meanwhile, you get an epic Paul Bunyan Bigfootish chase. Yeah, you know, I kind of liked the chase scene. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't like. Was kinda... I didn't like how it's like all of a sudden he found a shortcut to get in front of him. But I thought it was pretty cool that uh, they had to duck when he like swung his axe out of nowhere and he only like clipped the uh... clipped the the uh, the police lights off the top of the pickup truck. Yeah. Um, and he was keeping up pretty good pace with him, and he would be if he was taller, I guess. Um, so he growls, police officer's shooting at him. It's not doing a whole lot of good. They drive down back to the dam. Yeah, did they crash? They crashed because, uh... uh they crashed, the girl, was, her dad was hanging off the side, and then the axe hit the car. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She slid off and hit a tree, and they're like, oh yeah, she's a drunk driver, ha ha ha. Oh, um... And so they get on the dam, and they're trying to break into the dam to get away from Paul Bunyan. Yeah, and Paul just, Bunyan is just big enough to get in, on the walkway for the dam. It seems like in some instances he's like conveniently big enough for whatever it is they're trying to do. Well, like he was taller than the house before. Like he could fall through the house when he fell on yeah. it. But then they get to the bridge, and he's just the right size to fit on the bridge and chase them with his axe. And the awkwardly it, moving CGI. 
Oh, friendly movies. So he's chasing them in. They can't get in. They're ready to die. And then here come the rednecks. Uh, rednecks slash and hillbillies. They all come out. They all have guns. And they just unload into Paul Bunyan. Like, like egregiously unload. It goes for it goes on for a long time, even for like killing something that big. So they just shoot the shit out of him, and then he, of course, falls into the river. No, he was more it, like no, because the daughter looked like. Oh, we forgot. His we wife. skipped over that. Because on the flashback, they finally caught him, right? They, yes, and he he didn't have a wife. He had a girl that he was interested. He was sweet on. Yeah, and they he they caught him. And uh, they drug him through town in the worst ever rendition of a of an 1860 town. They might as well just hang a sh- hung up a sheet and painted like an oldie tiny saloon on it oh. and called it the town the way this town looked. <laughs> they marched him through town, and she turned away when he looked at her for and a second. He was like, and so they chase him. Did it again on the bridge. Well, and it's the same actress. They just use the girl yeah. for two spots, which you know, fine. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, but he's dying. You can hear some shots here. Hang on. Let me just. Yeah, and while you're doing that, it's the same militia that had their own uh, one sheet. Oh yeah, they had their they had a little Melissa sheet the movie at the beginning of the and the, uh, and the cop thing. guy was making fun of it and it was like full circle. He's like, oh, these guys are gonna kill themselves one day, and they said they killed Bunny and saved the day. So he's the driver. He looks at the girl and he's like, Mary Barrel. Mary Barrel. And then he falls off the bridge. The end. No. He 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 cannonballs and the hand like floats out of the water and it falls back. Yeah, and he slowly sinks into the river, and they're like, "Did you see me get my kill shot?" And blah, blah, blah. That was awesome. The militia guys are trying to take credit for for the shot, and if you look closely, like it, some of the militia dudes are the, the same dudes that were in that old timey town. That yeah, one was definitely. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, slipped into the the new theme music. Hang on, let's just back that up a smidge. There's stories and there's legends. There we go. The lies the truth. That was kind of out of nowhere. Now we up in the wildness of the Minnesotans. There were the boys on the night of the Minnesotans. Getting way too good. Thank you. 
I thought this was Joe Estevez singing. That would have been so awesome. Yeah. So, um, so that was a great little ballad there. And actually, this whole movie was a good little ballad of, of B-movie horrorness. I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly did enjoy it. As much as we, we ripped on it and stuff, I, it was a fun movie. You know, but it was like, it was, it, it's hard it's to, not, it, it was easy to forgive some of the stuff. I'll say that. And, you know, you have to, at a certain point, it's like, you know what, They pro- this movie probably cost way more than I would think it would have cost. They had a real, when you look at the credits, there's a lot of crew and people who worked on this, and they probably spent a lot of time and effort, and those people got paid on some part, I guess. Um, so I have to, I mean, it's like, I haven't made a movie, and this one was entertaining, it may not have been fancy, but it was entertaining. They could have eased back on the CGI. They're a little heavy with that. I think they. Uh, I think they. I think that's probably why. I don't know. They probably only had like a couple days, and they're like, "Let's shoot in the woods and get this wrapped up, and then let's shoot up live action stuff, and then if we need to do anything, we'll do it later." Because I mean, honestly, looking at it, you probably for what they were doing, probably could have gotten it done in a day, really. I mean, they probably could have shot the whole thing in a day. And they used, like, some of the corpses and stuff, they actually used real makeup, like, for the dead uh, 1800s lumberjacks. Oh, yeah. But when they got... Those were actually kind of creature feature gore stuff. And the Paul Bunyan thing was really a dude in a suit, and they just shot it differently. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll give them credit mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, it covered it, all the bases, right? It had, it had boobs. It had great, like, deaths. Uh, it had a monster, however goofy. It was kind of unique. It uh, had a poop joke at the beginning. It had poop jokes. There was some comedy involved. There's a little bit of comedy. They didn't take themselves too seriously, which is good in one of these. And, it was in, and you had your, we're, all, we're a group of kids that are all different, but we somehow get thrown together well, they, in the situation. Well, I was going to say, I would say they pull together, but they get killed too fast to pull together. So. Well, that's good, though. You know, that's, I mean, a lot of movies take take some time to build up to the first kill. This one goes right into it. They get right into it, and they killed, I didn't think they'd kill the uh, drill sergeant guy right away. Yeah, that was pleasant, because uh, I figured he'd probably survive a longer than that. I knew, I knew he was going to go, but if I were going to rank first to go, I would have had him, like, down a lot lower than what had actually happened. I would have had him knock off a couple of the kids, and you have the counselors left. And I thought, if anything, he was going to die where Joe Estevez did, where like he'd be the guy that turns on him at the last second. Maybe. I thought, so I thought the bad kid, the tra- tra- traffic runner guy, would be the one yeah. that would survive with the, uh, with the girl and then the, uh, the, the counselor lady. Yeah. So the people who ended up surviving, I, I didn't really expect. But they kind well, of threw their kind of threw her dad in at the last end because they ran out of men, right? They were they were outnumbered. The men were outnumbered in this one, so they like needed to uh, like throw another guy in toward the end. Well, and I kind of thought um, I kind of thought that too with the bad boy drug lord thing. I thought when she wrapped his hand up, that was like a prelude that he's going to survive till closer to the end, that he'll sacrifice himself or do well, something. Well, or you know, I mean, the, okay, so but the but. Okay, so this you've uncovered you've un- not unlike um, not unlike grabbing Blue's horn and then like blowing a hole open in the cave 
you haven't uncovered a problem um, that I just now realized I had with this movie. What's that? And uh, I'm trying to remember it now, actually. <laughs> um, what did you just say? Um, that I thought the drug kid would do something to redeem himself. Oh, thank you. All right. Okay, so there was no redemption whatsoever in this movie. Like, there no, was none. Like, you figure oh, wayward yeah. kids... They're all were just buttholes except for the girl. You'd figure maybe one of them would like you know turn a new leaf, you so to say. And I figured the drug trafficking kid would be the one because he was a giant prick, right? So I was like, nobody. I was figuring nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's because nobody got redeemed. And I think I know where you're going with this. This is going to be where um, before we went on air, um, I said I don't. I kind of. I felt sorry for Paul Bunyan at the end. Uh, they tried really hard. They did. They wanted you to feel some sort of emotion for Paul well, Bunyan. And I, in well, mission accomplished. <laughs> I did. Um, I kind of because kind of by the end, I wanted him to axe everybody, and maybe that's a flaw in my character. <laughs> that I, I don't know. <laughs> that, 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 we can discuss that on a different show. <laughs> Psychoanalysis of Tim. Uh, Gonzo analysis of Tim. Gonzo analysis with Tim. Why does Tim want the villains to win in all the movies? We don't know. Why is Tim Tim's sleeping with right. his new sound, slide whistle? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously need like a holster for this thing. Oh God! Uh, and there's the uh, there's the title of the epitaph right there. <laughs> I need a holster for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I've missed a little. I'm slide whistle happy, which is a problem. Um, anyway, it's a good movie in a sense that it's entertaining. Uh, you could watch it and eat, you know, have some have some pops or sodas or beers or whatever's and some snacks. It's an hour and thirty minutes, which is a good move on the filmmaker's part. Yeah, yeah, they moved it along. They didn't. They didn't. They, it, and it wasn't. It wasn't slow like a lot of these. There's some hour and thirty minute movies that feel like three hours. This felt like a. I felt like it moved right along. Like okay, but the other problem I had, the one rolling into this movie, um, mm-hmm. he just he just he just growled too much. He growled he gro- way too much. It got annoying. Yeah, you know. If they if they, well, they axed they, some I, of the growling, then I think it, I would have been more sympathetic. I could have done with a little more Mary Barrow in there. Yeah, like right. he like maybe he recognized what she looked like in the middle of the movie. And they never acknowledge that except at the end. Well, it may be like a more contemplative, like, bro? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, so, you know, you know that they were just like, they made the call. They were like, sitting there, they were like, okay, we want want these people to feel sorry for this guy, but how much do we really want them to feel sorry for? Like, because they could have, they could have very easily been like, all right, let's just have him say Maybell a couple times, and maybe elaborate a little bit more on the, on the town scene, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, poor, poor Paul Bunyan. Well, and I, I, I felt sufficiently sorry for him, Dan. I kind of wanted him to gallop off into the woods. So that's where my problem comes in, because I like, I know I was supposed to feel sorry for him, and I almost did. But then he, but, but the, then he yelled Maybell, and I'm like, he's been doing this this whole movie, fall in the ocean, die. 
It's just like, no, nah, <laughs> we're not going down the analysis road. You just went the other way on it. You took the Sith. I, I took people who weren't redeemed and said they should go ahead and die. And you took somebody who they're supposed to make you feel sorry for and like kill them. <laughs> He's I think we're coming at. The, I think we're getting to the same point through two different roads, is what I'm saying. But well, and that's it, what makes this movie so great. <laughs> but on top of that, it's fun. It's goofy. The CGI effects are over the top, but they're fun over the top. Uh, they they cut people's heads off. People get cut in half. Do you think um, there will be a got, sequel? Well, I don't. I mean, this is one of those things. It, I have no real knowledge of how much movies cost, but this movie probably costs more money than you so would think. So the only thing I'll say is that, A, they, they, well, they have an official website, and on the official website, they're touting that over 4 million people have viewed it on Sci-Fi Channel. So I would say that if they are going to do it, they'd do it in the ilk of, say, like Sharknado, where they make a they make a sequel, and then they just kind of go straight to TV with it. And if if sci-fi like bought it and licensed it, then they made some money. Yeah, and sci-fi is always looking to fill time with uh, B-grade movies. Oh well, yeah, I've heard some rumors that they're trying to get back into more hard sci-fi, um, science fiction, which is good because we need more of that. But yeah, I mean the, these kind of movies need to have a home too. I was gonna say, as it stands, sci-fi is the home for this kind of movie. Yeah, right. Um, there'll be another channel that picks it up, I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably a uh, Roku channel that serves this this industry as well. But um, if sci-fi puts... There's, there's a couple of B-grade B-movie channels on, on Roku, that's for sure. But if it gets on sci-fi, that is going to get in front of a lot of people's eyes, and to their credit. And it's kind of like... Um, the stuff you see on sci-fi, like Sharknado, is done by a company called Asylum. And I can't remember... This one's called Kinetic Pictures or something. And I think they're the same ilk of company. They're not trying for quality. They're trying for... I'm curious now. I wonder what Kinetic Pictures is all about. I wonder if they're tied at all to the asylum. Kinetic Filmworks. Kinetic Filmworks. I just wonder if... The, if not, I wonder if... Um, <laughs> like the asylum people oh, maybe partner... With they've only done one movie. And that's this. Yeah. Well... Uh, it looks a lot like an asylum. Asylum cranks out a lot of stuff, though. Like they're the ones behind the knockoff Walking Dead. They're pretty much the knockoff. They're like captains. yeah, yeah. They're the, they're the captains of the knockoff industry. Um, but they have uh, they just launched, and I'll say this to their credit: the asylum launched a show on Sci-Fi called Z Nation, and it's a it's a uh, tongue-in-cheek. Um, it does have some drama to it, but it's it's like a Walking Dead, but more fun. Um, and I watched it, and it was really bad. The first couple episodes were just awful. But it got some legs under it, and I'm actually pretty hooked on it. And um, I think Asylum might have accidentally made a good TV show. Huh. So, um... I've heard, anyway, in the last day or two, I've heard Black Mirror is really good, too, but that's completely uh, so going I, off the rails. But it's one of those things, if you can start your company making iffy, shitty movies... Yeah. Or just over the top crap, and it starts making money, then you can finance a movie that's not. You know, it'll come in with an expectation of being cruddy, and people will watch it, and then they'll say, "Oh, that was pretty good." And that's where, um, uh, but, and that's where, um, tall tales and other tall tales could be used with, right? Like, and they could do a whole series of these, like Johnny Appleseed, Johnny and, Appleseed of Death. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 
he's going to plant you in the ground. Uh, this is, I'm surprised, there's probably somebody doing some uh, some work on that right now, it's, right? There's probably a Johnny Appleseed horror movie. I, um, I'd be interested in that, actually. If I, I tell you what, if I'm I'm clicking through Netflix and I see Paul Bunyan's sequel pop up, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. I'd like to see what they're gonna do with it. So, um, kudos to them. It's a low budget. It's a lot of CGI. There's too much grunting. The acting's the poor by some. Yeah, but Joe Estevez is in it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty good get. Um, and Grizzly Adams is in it, and it's just fun. So there you go. And it had cool music at the end, so good for them. Bigfoot. Um, the, you know, they are making a lot of Bigfoot movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this because it's Paul Bunyan. Blue hens, chickens. Yeah. Oh, this is a great Tall Tales. Folk, American folklore. <laughs> Connecticut Yankee. Cowboys in Heaven. Death Coach. Oh. It's midnight. The streets of Coho's go silent. It's sudden to turn off the lights one by one to go to their own rest. Then it's dark. The wind whispers softly, touches the trees and the houses. Oh, that's nothing. This is yeah. weak. Healthy Hoosiers. I'm all right. Oh man. Tall tales. Tall tales. Tall tales. Tall tales. American tall tales. Story with unbelievable well. elements. I feel like maybe we have just um, put out a a call to those horror art, art tours. All right, there. here we go. Wikipedia. Tony Be- mm-hmm. Tony Beaver, a West Virginia lumberjack and cousin of Paul Bunyan. Of course, yep. Jam Johnny Appleseed. Tony Beaver could be the sequel. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Axe Giant Two? Oh my um, lord! Look at this. My, we got a franchise. Cordwood Pete is the younger brother to Lumberjack Paul Bunyan. <laughs> oh, my God. Cordwood I, Pete? All right. Um, <laughs> what? Kinetic, kinetic Pictures, or whatever you're called, um, people who made this movie, if you somehow stumble upon this podcast, go to, where are you on, Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah. Go to Wikipedia, look up Tall Tales, and there's your franchise. Wow. And what? Who's the first one? Who's his brother? Uh, Cordwood Pete. Cordwood Pete. That'd be like number three. What's the first Tony, one? Tony Tony Beaver. You'd have to do Cordwood Pete and then Tony Beaver. Okay, so Cordwood Pete is like so. Axe Giant to uh, Cordwood Pete's Revenge. Tony Beaver is and a the, champion griddle skater of the Southern United States. And so then you get then you get to Axe Giant three, um, Axe Harder, <laughs> Axe Harder to live and die yes. in West Virginia. Uh, what's his name? Tony Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, Axe, there's a lot of fun you could have with this Axe Giant three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dam of Tony Beaver. Yeah, something like that. There, then these are writing themselves. Casey guys, Jones, so, of course. Know. Oh yeah, Casey hey, Jones could be Johnny Caw. You could do Johnny Caw. Johnny Caw. Listen, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you've made it to this point, go do this. Make these movies. I'll watch them. And Alfred, how about Alfred Bulltop Stormalong. <laughs> I'd watch it just because of the name. And a mint sailor whose ship was so big it scraped the moon. 
I don't quite have that. You'd have to work on that one. That'd be the tough one. But uh, that's not your ten pole. That's not your ten pole franchise movie. That's kind of your uh, your kind of um, you know Captain America two kind of movie. That, that, you know. uh, and a real spinoff, Feeble Feebleson. <laughs> Oh, God. American folk hero he, who fought as a Nebraska farmer who could fight a drought. God, he already sounds boring. Yeah, that would that would be like on the decline once the market saturated. Stick to the Bunyan clan. You know they didn't never sh- they never showed um, they never showed Paul Bunyan eating fifty pancakes in one minute. That would have made it more sympathetic to me. Like the movie opened and they're trying to figure out what made the giant hole in the pancake house in town. Yeah. And it was Bunyan. But yeah, he used to put strap, uh, he'd strap butter to his feet and uh, grease the giant skillet. So. Dude, yeah. right there, man. We're sitting on a land, we're sitting on a gold mine, Jerry. So anyway, you just do that, and then you know what? Your big combo feature could be like Bunyan versus Appleseed. Yeah. So Johnny Appleseed would be like tiny and, and like and like wily, and I think he would have like some imminent control over the actual apple trees that he's planted, right? Yeah, and then they, the trees could attack Paul Bunyan, and he'd have to hack at him with his axe. Oh, See, look a at this. crossover just... right there, right? It's the new yeah. Freddy versus Jason. It's Paul Bunyan versus Johnny Appleseed. We're just laying out. Book it, here, man. So I, Let's do this. I, I, I expect an executive producer credit on yes. this. So. I expect Joe uh, Estevez to resurface in these movies. Yeah, like the ghost of Joe Estevez would be like, oh, Paul Bunyan, you got to be wary of Johnny Appleseed. He's He controls the trees. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe we should just make this movie ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we have we have about the same kind of talents that they do in terms of acting and writing ability. Let's do this. And I know someone who's quite handy with script writing. Yes, um, and we could uh, totally just like like pencil in like graphics and stuff, like what they did with this movie too. I and I, you know we can ask around. We can find some people who can do some CGI stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Copyright Gonzo guys, Bunyan to Appleseed. You guys can't have it now. It's ours. Okay. <laughs> Copyright Gonzo guys, 2014. All rights reserved, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, well, with that, with that, with that like seed of an idea, we're going to let germinate. Um, and hopefully, once it grows to its full potential, we'll chop it down. Not unlike Mondas Yahoo, and and make uh, some some tasty um, Amish furniture out of it. That would be Paul Bunyan versus Johnny Appleseed. And uh, and with that kind of rambling closing, I think we're done here. I think we are. We, not, um, do not fast forward this one. Don't fast forward this one. It's a lot of fun. Um, let me just put the uh, sound. Yeah, I think I know what we're going out with. Although that right, said, I inadvertently looked up slide whistle on YouTube, and there's a lot of professional slide whistlers out there, Tim. You've got some competition. Oh, I know. It's a real instrument. But, um, yeah, and uh, between now and the Christmas does, look for some more Facebook promptings and opportunities to win prize packs and things. That's coming. It is the, gift. It is the season of giving right now, so. 
If you feel like sending us a gift, let us know. Message us. Um, DM us on we, ga- at Twitter at Gonzo Guys or send us a message on Facebook. We may, yeah, do all that stuff, and we'll send you some stuff, answer our trivia questions. we got some fun stuff to be posted, and a Christmas uh, dose of coming. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the dose. Don't fast forward. Watch this one. It's don't, a lot of fun. Don't yank any horn bones out of the ground. There's stories and there's legends, but somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Now we up in the wildness of them Minnesota woods There lived a boy who swung an axe and a man who swung it good He tried to help his people but they killed his only friend And it drove him down the meanness and sin Well, it drove him down the meanness and sin Well, the sins of the fathers will be paid for by the sons this here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan The sins of the fathers will be paid for by the sons This here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan A boy into a monster took the whole damn town to raise Cut and beat and chained up then they buried him away they kept the secret hidden by the righteous light of day Then they told a fancy legend so the logger camps would stay They told a fancy legend so the logger camps would stay Well, the sins of the fathers will be paid for by the sons This here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan The sins of the fathers will be paid for by the sons this here is the Ballad of Paul Bunyan And now a sleeping giant wakes and rises An axe blade is sharpened through and through Vengeance comes in many shapes and sizes The tallest of all tales is coming true the tallest of all tales is finally true The evils of the fathers will be paid for by the sons This here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan The sins of the fathers will be paid for by the sons This here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan This here is the ballad of Paul Bunyan